I'm going to make my lights purple, too, because your lights are purple. <gasps> yes, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> are you, I, like, I, oh, yes. Ooh, oh, this is Oh, nasty. creepers, I wish you could see this. I'm scared. I'm scared. <laughs> this <is> nasty. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen you record in spooky lighting like this. Yeah, I mean, I... I usually use these for like get-togethers, like the because I have like um, smart bulbs. You probably have them too, or no? You, yeah, you hung up these uh-huh. lights. These are like string lights. These are hung up lights, but I do have one of those smart bulbs. I freaking love it. Oh, my whole here! I'll turn my my camera. My whole living room is smart bulbs. The whole house, actually, my bedroom too. Because I, I love having the. They're on a timer, so every day they turn on at like three forty-five, and every night they turn off at eleven thirty. But I'm often up later than eleven thirty, so I'll just be sitting here. Like, and all of a sudden, the whole room goes pitch black. <laughs> and you're like, no wonder I have insomnia. Yeah, I'm like, wow, this is probably good for, you know, my yeah. mental health and safety. <laughs> so this is the Halloween special. I will be honest, we're pre-recording it. This is not our Halloween night, but we hope that we're joining you on Halloween night wherever you are. Whether this is Halloween morning and you're driving to work or it's Halloween night and you're home passing out candy we are very happy and excited to be with you um i feel like i'm also i'm looking at you a lot i usually have research pulled up in front of you so it's weird to like see so much of you while i'm talking you're like put that away stop (laughs) (laughs) quietly turns off your camera (laughs) did you like when i was um i was like muting you during that meeting i was just gonna say that was so bad, but funny. But oh my god! It was a, yeah, it was a business meeting, and Stu had an echo, and I I couldn't like break up um, who was speaking, so I had to just keep muting Stu. Creepers! You would have thought after all these years during the pandemic, we would have learned. It was fun, but I haven't. Well, I'm still having audio issues even outside of the podcast. <laughs> Those damn AirPods! I tell you. I know. <laughs> well, I did prepare something for you and the creepers today that I thought would be extra spooky. Since our three scary stories did so well, I wanted to resurrect that format. I sourced three more true scary stories, one of which, which is the final story, which took place on Halloween night. What do you what was your initial like feeling of the last time we ran through those three stories that I gave you because that was very different from anything we've done before. The kids who kill or the reddit. The reddit stories or like I mean, yeah, reddit, scary, yeah, stories. scary stories from the internet. Oh my god. I mean, I just loved the I guess it was something about it being told from that person's perspective that it was a lot like First just having person. a condensed yeah. version of like what you do for me on the podcast so it was like boom 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 like we got like three hits of like really intense storytelling but through you which makes it even more oh because i'm already <laughs> i'm already always buying into what you have to say so like you just like channeling that through someone else's like true story from their first person perspective i was like 
I did. I would like check in because I have the research pulled up in front of me. I would like move it to the side at a certain point of the story, and I would take a look at you, the faces you were making as I told these stories to you. <laughs> I felt like I was causing you physical distress. Like <laughs> maybe you were. I- <laughs> Especially I the roommate story, I will never ever forget that. Whenever I was talking to a friend the other day that lives in New York and they said Hell's Kitchen and I literally shivered. Shivers down my spine. I was so happy those landed the way they did. But I also took that as a challenge because as freaky as those were, um, which if you haven't listened to that episode, please go back and listen to it. I took it as a challenge to find even scarier stories. So the three I found, I told you before we got on, I was crying. I was tearing up reading these stories. They freaked me out so bad. So I'm going to get into them to create a very spooky Halloween atmosphere. But before I do, again, thank you everybody for stopping by to the Creep Time Halloween special We're so happy to be with you. Thank you for following, subscribing to the podcast, for reviews, comments, everything that you do, spreading the word about Creep Time. We are so grateful, so excited. If you found us on the Halloween Hub, welcome. If you're new, welcome. And Stu, I'm ready. Are you ready? (laughs) Are you ready, Mama? For the Halloween episode, (laughs) I feel like... The creepers and I are going to be fully activated. So we're ready. Yeah, you guys are. I'm going to speak for them. Virtually gripping each other's hands through these. (laughs) Yeah. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now, I didn't have these stories in any particular order, so I think I'm just going to do them in the order that they are in my notes, which would put the Halloween night one as the last So the first story, and again, these don't have titles because they're just somebody's like firsthand or like first person accounts. So I titled them. (laughs) I put this in my notes as waking up and it is from. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. All I could think of was the last time when you said I titled this one as Domino's. And I titled this as Domino's. (laughs) A piece. (laughs) An epilogue. Waking up. Uh. <laughs> waking up um it's by a girl named anna or anna s there's no last name and i think she mentioned for what did i have here oh yeah for privacy reasons she would stay as anonymous as possible <clears throat> are you ready i'm ready okay it's taken me a long time to confront what i experienced when i was a teenager I'd wanted to leave a lot of it behind after years of local interviews, police, and eventually work I've done with my therapist once I got to college, but I'm ready to put it into words what happened to me. To give you some backstory, I grew up in the suburbs of Arlington Heights, Illinois. I had a pretty normal upbringing, and never once was there a problem in our house from anything I could remember while growing up. It was just normal, even a small and modest one-story ranch. That was until 2009, when I was just 14. It was around early September, 
when it started, and I remembered it because it had only been a few weeks into the new school year of high school, and I had started having trouble sleeping at night. And I would wake up almost like I was having a nightmare or with this feeling like something was really wrong. But I would just wake up in a dark room and wake up in the quiet. So I never assumed anything was really going on outside of a bad dream. My mom was divorced from my dad, but she had mostly raised me as a single parent. And at the time, she was dating. But again, it was just mostly her, my sister, and I. So she was juggling a lot with us. But she knew that I was having trouble sleeping. And I was shooting up in the middle of the night in my bed in a panic many, many nights. So she took me to my pediatrician. And yes, I still went to my kid's pediatrician, even at 14. And they mostly just tossed it up to stress of maybe the new school year and maybe just changing habits with puberty. Nothing to be concerned about. And then everything changed one night where I realized I wasn't being woken up from a nightmare like I thought. It was September 29th when I woke up in my bed with the same feeling. It was like something just gave me a jolt and I had this intense and uneasy sensation that something was very wrong around me. But this time, it was different and I knew it straight away. Every time I had woken up before, it was just in the darkness of my bedroom and it was complete silence and all I could hear was maybe the panting of my own breath And then I thought to myself, did I just wake up from a nightmare? And I realized that this time was different because I just woke up and I sat up in my bed and I heard something move in my room just for a split second. It paralyzed me with fear. It was only long enough of a sound that I could be completely sure that I definitely heard it. It was the sound of what I thought was my desk chair, maybe moving across the wood floor. And again, it only happened for a split second. And I kind of gasped once I woke up and I was sitting up in my bed and I froze and I tried to make sense very quickly of what that extra little noise was that I just heard. And I quickly tried to rationalize it as I waited for my eyes to focus and adjust to the darkness. But then I felt this heavy silence in the room and I just wasn't quite sure of what I was waiting to hear next until I heard it even closer to me now than where my desk was in the corner, was the very faint sound of the sliding door of my closet moving just five feet away from the left side of my bed. That was real. I did not imagine that noise. Someone was in my room. I had a rush of fear run through my body, and the strangest sensation I could remember, which was that my stomach felt like it was burning with panic, And I jumped from my bed in the dark and ran to my door, screaming for my mom. She surprisingly woke up almost immediately and came running to the hall, where I was still just bolting from my door as she flipped on the lights, asking, what's going on? What's wrong? And I said, there's someone in my room, which I remembered scared the hell out of her from the face that she made. And as her head shot back towards the door down the hall, where I still had my door partially open and you could see into the darkness of my room. My sister came out of her door, further down the hall towards the bathroom, which was away from my room and closer to the living room, as I tugged on my mom, screaming, we have to get out of the house. But she seemed to snap back into reality and decided to go check in my room herself in disbelief, even though I was in a complete panic over this. But I almost felt a sense of relief as I saw that she flipped on the lights to my room, and I could just see the back of her nightshirt and her pajama shorts in the frame of my door as her head looked in every direction 
and she seemingly saw nothing before she walked completely inside. I had taken a few breaths, and I went in there, and I even looked in my closet, which was open and is how I remembered leaving it when I went to bed that night. But there was nothing in there. Just two top and bottom racks of my clothes and a bunch of my shoes that were tossed at the bottom. I even kicked my feet into the clothes on the bottom, and I pressed my hands into them to convince myself there's nothing in there. We checked the whole room, and I even looked under my bed with my mom. And I started to feel horribly embarrassed, like I had just acted completely insane. Because clearly, I was having some kind of a bad dream, and I just wasn't fully awake, but it seemed so real. Like I was sure that I heard those things in my room after I woke up. But what could I say other than apologize that I had just screamed through the whole house in the middle of the night like a maniac? Several weeks would pass since that night, and although it had freaked me out, I hadn't really had any disturbances in that room like that, and it seemed like for a while I was actually starting to sleep a little bit better. I wasn't really being woken up by anything. Until again. A night in mid-October where something happened. I woke up from sort of the end of a noise in the black of my room one night, and immediately I remembered that first experience of that sound of the chair and the closet door, and I became a little bit more alert of my surroundings. I was partially awake and I kept my eyes closed, and I was kind of holding my breath in the silence to wait and see if I heard it again, when suddenly, very, very softly, I did. But it wasn't the sound of anything like moving, really. It was just a very, very light scratching sound of maybe metal, or like a faint sound of a metal screw kind of twisting. I had no idea what I was actually hearing or what it could be, so I kind of opened my eyes wide and I was shifting them around to stretch them and wake them up so they could adjust to the darkness of the room. I had fallen asleep with my phone in my hand, so I immediately thought, oh, I should use my flash to check around the room. So I started maneuvering my phone into my hand under the covers so I could keep it in place and figure out where the sound was coming from, and then I realized it seemed like it was coming from the bottom side of the left side of my bed. I quickly shifted over to that side to see what that light metallic scratching was, and while I was clicking my home screen so I could light it up and use that as my light before I would use the actual flash, I shined the light down of the home screen down to the ground right beside my bed, and I saw something that I can never forget. Only for just a few seconds that the screen dimmed before it went back to dark. The light from my phone shined down to a metal vent in the wood floor, where I came face to face with the eyes of a person. No. Oh, God. I'm shaking as I recall this now, but I will never forget the feeling of seeing something like that. Something that I could have only imagined from a nightmare. Human eyes waiting behind a thin vent in my floor. This time, it was a different kind of fear from what I could remember. My body took over before I could think, and I started sprinting from my bed, and I was struggling to get my mouth to move and my voice to scream, almost like my brain was lagging. But by the time I hit the hallway, I was completely hysterical and yelling at the top of my lungs, there's someone in the floor of the house. The next few moments are eerily hard to remember, but of course my mom and her boyfriend Reggie, who happened to be sleeping over at the time, came running out of the bedroom, as did my sister from down the hall, and I must have scared them so badly because my sister ended up calling the police. She either believed me or she was so terrified from how I was acting that she thought I lost my mind. We all ran out of the house, 
and it was minutes before cruisers showed up and eventually searched our home, where my worst fears were realized. They emerged from the house about 40 minutes after searching, with a tall, thin, shirtless, dirty-looking man, with his arms (gasps) behind his back and thinning gray hair on top. I remember my mom seeing it from afar while we were sitting near a police cruiser, answering questions and just tears rolling down her face as she clasped her hands over her mouth in disbelief. The man was reportedly a homeless man who was known about and previously seen in the Elk Grove area just months prior. And he had stowed away in the basement cedar closet of our house more than a month before by getting in through a loose opening near the HVAC system in the backyard. From the cedar closet in the basement, which had no real ceiling, there was a clear lift and opening to a portion of a space in the floor that if you squeeze through, brings you to an older vent that looks directly up into my bedroom. Those were the eyes from a man crawling under my floor, looking up at me. But the worst of it all was what they found in my closet. It was a small but large enough hole that they believe he cut through the drywall himself in the lower corner, probably midday while no one was home. This is how they think he was using, or this is what they think he was using to get in and out from the basement without risking the noises of the creaking basement stairs or the door itself to get to the first floor and probably get food from the kitchen. I had never seen this hole because it was on the lower rack behind my clothes where I kept all of my winter jackets and heavy sweaters. I felt sick as police told me they believed the noises that I had described hearing for months while waking up in my room were most likely that of the man coming in and out through my closet in the middle of the night. (sighs) Eventually, I was diagnosed with an acute form of PTSD from that whole experience, and I sometimes continue to have panic attacks and stress dreams where I think I'm being watched. But the thing that has stuck with me is what he really took from me, my sense of comfort in being alone. I'm aware he most likely watched me in that room while I slept at night. There are still times when I fear I'll look somewhere in my room in the middle of the night and see those eyes looking back. Oh my God. I am clutching my heart right now because I can feel it beating so fast. I almost cried during that. (laughs) I almost cried. Do you remember when you covered the, like, it was very brief, but like the peeping Tom, but it was his own wife on the original three stories you covered. Mm -hmm. This is that same feeling of like, who's there. Mm -hmm. But like, in that case, he knew it was his wife. She was just going wacko. Mm -hmm. This is like, who's there. And she was right the entire time that they were actually there. I thought you were going to say like, this was like some, she saw like a hand crawling up, like a ghost. No, 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 no. Uh, And you know what's crazy? uh, This is not the first time I have heard or read of a story of someone breaking into a home through like a vent system. Like there, I read a story about a family that thought that an animal had cried into like their their walls or something because there was like a really intense rotting smell. Was a homeless man who had crawled into their walls and then couldn't get out and had died in there. Oh my God terrifying to the thought of looking down into a vent and seeing eyes looking back at you is in my top five of like the scariest things I think could happen to me where 
Yeah. I don't think survival is in the mix of what would happen to me. I think I would probably pass. <laughs> I think it would be time for me to pass. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't believe she was 14 years old. Oh, the f- and oh God. that is creepers. That is such a lesson in trust your freaking gut, like from <laughs> a young is, age. Oh my God. I did. I wasn't watching you through that. What was, how were you taking that in? What was your experience? Creepers, I hope you're okay on the other end of this. I hope you're doing all right. You haven't just like sh- bed. Well, you know, I mean, I really, I, <laughs> I, I couldn't speak. I mean, I was, I felt like I was hurt. Like I felt like yeah. I, my voice was gone because I was imagining trying to be her sitting up in my bed girl the description okay, of that like, the like i can't speak like you're in a nightmare like a bad dream where like i couldn't get my voice to work yes. you're so scared your voice doesn't work that's real fear that's such real fear a burning sensation on, in her stomach good on her for getting out of the bed and running and saying mom mom i know like thank god she alerted her mom to this so that the second time she actually saw the eyes that it was real you know, you know. It was real. Absolutely terrifying. It's so scary. But I was like, oh, God. Because you know what's really tough for these stories? It's easy to pick, like, the opener. It's easy to pick the closer. The middle story is really the trickiest. Um, So I was doing a bit of research to figure out, like, what was going to be the right selection for this and what would be totally different from the other stories. So I found this one, which is the one that is connected to an article about a missing boy. That ties into it. Um, So this is, you know, connected to something very real. And it takes place in a movie theater. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Sinister. You know what that just made me think of is, um, did you ever watch Phantom of the Megaplex? Absolutely. We should react to it. We should watch Uh, it with the creepers and react to it in real time. (laughs) We should. Oh, my God. That's immediately what that made me think of. Oh, Phantom of the Megaplex was such... A good concept when I was a kid because movie theaters are I don't there's like um what is what am I thinking of it's almost it's like I know it's a play on like Phantom of the Opera kind of like that's the thing that they're joking about but like I don't know if there's a certain style to that like heightened um horror I guess it is where like there's a there's a a phantom in like the theater and it's like (laughs) it's a built-in maze yes it's it's the I think it's the same feeling is like you know you and I have talked about old theaters like it's that same yes. there's like some sort of like there's a inherent drama to them already so it feels like anything that happens in there is going to be like intensified but also I think in a movie theater why that um you know it gets used so much in movies like the scene of like somebody sitting behind you in the theater or something so you're scary. you're automatically just disar- like it's disarming like you there's could be somebody coming up behind you and your focus is in front of you yeah so like you're already kind of on the defense you know movie theaters when you really break them down can be a, a little scary and i feel like it's e- the the fewer yeah. people that are in that theater which is weird and counterintuitive the scarier it is 
Mm-hmm. There's an unpredictability element. There's a bit of a claustrophobia element. So this case kind of like hits a nerve with all of those things, but it's the actual description of what this guy experienced that I thought you would find very freaky. So I do have a name for this. I do have a credit. So this is, I just titled it the movie theater and it was written by Bob Isaac. Are you ready? I'm ready. Bob Isaac. (laughs) I don't care if anyone judges me, but I like to go to the movie theaters alone. My work schedule is all over the place, and I often don't work on weekends or weeknights sometimes. So on a stormy Wednesday night, a night that not many other people would be thinking to go and drive to a movie theater, I did just that. I always liked avoiding crowds and anything that I would do. It's just how I am. It was 2017, and I went to see some low-key movie that probably wasn't at the top of most people's must-see movie lists. I was the only one in that theater, just like I expected, and I sat myself right in the center seat at one of the higher rows, and I put my feet up in front of the seat in front of me. About 20 minutes into the movie, I'd say I noticed someone just a few aisles down. I didn't notice them coming in, but the theater was dark because the scene in the movie at the time was in a dark room. But they weren't sitting in that seat like a normal person, though. All I saw of them was the top half of their head peering over the seat, and it seemed to be looking in a direction that was definitely not in the direction of the screen. But it was still too dark to be able to see if they were looking directly at me or not. But when the scene changed and a brighter background lit up the whole theater and made it brighter, bright enough so that I could see, I saw that they were basically looking right at me. But their face was so pale and lifeless looking and their hair was messy and wiry looking and I actually couldn't even tell if it was a man or a woman. I'm an introvert or just kind of an awkward person so I didn't really want to ask if there was something wrong because I viewed that as confrontation. The screen went darker again and at the same time the person lowered their head down behind the chair completely until I couldn't see them anymore. They were now completely hidden from my view. But I couldn't really concentrate on the movie now, though. I was actually very uncomfortable, actually quite terrified. I didn't get up, though. I stayed in my seat as many scenes in the movie started to pass, and I had almost forgotten about what happened. Almost. Just when I was getting back into the movie, the person's head appeared from behind a seat again. Only this time, it was much closer, only like three rows away from my seat. I actually let out a holy sh**, a loud yell, because I was genuinely scared. It made me jump. But now I was able to see more detail and more features of their face. They actually looked lifeless. Their eyes were like motionless and they hung wide open. And I somehow couldn't even tell which direction they were looking at. Were they looking at me or were they not? Now, I could better see. It was a man with very long, unkept, messy hair. I noped the F out of my seat down the row to the exit, but I had to pass the row in which the person was in to get to the exit door. And as I passed the row, I looked down at it and what I expected to see was the rest of this person's body sitting hunched behind the seats. But instead, I saw something that you would see in a nightmare. There was some guy basically laying on the floor, holding up what looked like a severed head perched on a stick. (gasps) 
I didn't stick around to see if it was some kind of a sick joke or if the head was real or not. I just ran through the exit door. I ran through the back exit of the building to the parking lot, and I drove home in a panic with my heart racing. That head looked so real. I got home and I did some research about some possible recent murders or missing people in that area, and I found something after I was browsing on a list of missing people in the area. It was a picture of a 17-year-old boy named Donald Watkins. He had gone missing just about a month prior, and based on the picture that I found, that face could have matched that head that I saw in the theater. Of course, that could just be my brain trying to connect any similarities, but the hair, the nose, the eyes, they looked like they could actually be a match. The next day, I simply made a call to the theater, and I told them the story and suggested that they check the cameras and see if anything strange came up. I gave them my number to reach me if they needed to, but I never heard from them after that. I chose not to spend more of my time on this to look further into the story, and I chalked the whole thing up to just being a sick joke. What sort of sick... I'm sorry, can I cuss? Cuss. Cuss, but... Sits in the movie theater with a fake or real head on a stick to mess with somebody coming in to watch a movie. That is... It's sinister. So freaking foul. It's the baseline That's of sinister. So sinister. Open the dictionary, sinister, picture of that. Picture of that. Just to taunt somebody. Like a mask on a stick. I, I kept thinking of like Carly Beth in The Haunted Mask and like when she puts the bust, like the mannequin of her head on a stick. Like how disturbing that is. So freaky. That kept me up for weeks as a kid. But I was like, maybe that's the the feel. But this isn't really described like a Halloween mask. This is described as like. Like a real head. It's a person's head. Do you know the story of the. um? Oh, God. I think it's called the, the Ina Jane Doe. Do you know about that story? This is a, that sounds vaguely familiar. Oh, wait. Maybe I'm getting the name wrong. Let me let me make sure I get this right. Ina Jane Doe. Um, let's see. <laughs> Maybe it's also because I just mentioned Phantom of the Megaplex, but also tying back to Halloween Town, all I kept <laughs> thinking of when you said long, un- unkept hair was the scene where they go into the movie theater and they look back and there's like all and they the look people rancid. that are just completely stone. Yeah, just rancid. I know. It's because they've been in there for so long. No filler, no sunlight, nothing. No. <laughs> That's why they look like that. Hold on. I'm going to drop you a picture in the chat, a link to yeah. the Ina Jane Doe. So from the loose story that I know about this, this is a true story. Um, That is wild that you went from that story I just told you. Oh, damn, I did the thing again. <laughs> we went from the story I just told you. <laughs> you went to Halloween, to Halloween Town. Town. You're crazy for that. That's crazy. It's all I could think of. Um, Why is this not letting me copy a link to the picture? Hold on. Give me a second, baby. Come on, I'm, I, I know. I'm, I'm having a... It's not chat, baby. It's it's my age. <laughs> <laughs> Do I copy image address or image... Somebody help me. Um, the Ina Jane Doe. Uh, I can look it up. No, 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 no. I, I got you. Actually, yeah, just look it up. <laughs> yeah. 
I got you. The Ina Jane Doe was basically a story, from what I remember, a true story. I don't know when it took place, but it was like kids playing in a park when, to their description, a car drove up and drove by them and tossed a (gasps) severed human head out of the window into a bush. When that head was recovered, it was found to be the head of a Jane Doe. Nobody ever claimed her, but she was a girl who had a disability. Like there was something physically wrong with her. So that led a lot of people to believe that she was just in the care of like a caretaker, like a state appointed caretaker, or maybe even more sinister, like her family. And for some reason, somebody cut off her head. They made a recreation, um, like bust or sketch of the head to try to identify her. And it is so, so eerie to look at. And I still don't know if they've ever found who she was. I don't think so. I was just, I, the first thing that popped up was like a pretty recent article and I, I don't think they have. It's really, really eerie. I mean, I, I did a whole series about like, um, reconstructions and like busts of like Jane Doe's, John Doe's, because I find them so unnerving to try to identify people, but hers is really, really bad to look at. Oh my God. I also... It's just seeing a severed head. So scary. Like imagine imagine walking as a child and a car just like zooms by you and tosses a human head out of the window. That's terrifying. Scarring. Hopefully... Hopefully they were not that foolish to toss it out when anybody was around, but whoever found the head. No, I thought that, I think that was it, was that they witnessed the car driving by, throwing a head out the window. Oh, okay. I think I was looking it up when you said, okay, I'm sorry. I could be wrong. I didn't even hear that. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Gina identifies Jane Doe. So we have two scary stories we have just gone through. In addition to the story of the Ina Jane Doe, how are you feeling? How is your body doing? (laughs) I am feeling better after the second one because the first one was heavy. (laughs) We got, yeah, that was really, really scary. Um, Just knowing that that person had been in the house for that long. Can't take that. It's this makes me really not want to go into a movie theater at this very moment. At least alone. Also, the the setup and the (laughs) setting of it, like Wednesday night, weeknight, movie theater in the dark, pouring rain. Who's at the movies? Who? Bob Isaac. (laughs) But also, like (laughs) the idea if it was like a prank, or even if it wasn't, even it's like it's let's say it's real, and like it was somebody who was trying to like do something sick and like taunt somebody with the human head of this missing boy um which i can send you a link to the picture of the missing person article for him um it's like were they just like waiting in there like sitting with this head waiting for like a movie to start to do this whole charade that's what's unnerving well my first thought too was i was like was this just some kid working at the movie theater and was bored and thought let me go play a prank Mm -hmm. I mean, like I said, I feel like it. he said it was dark many times, but it seemed pretty descript that like what he was looking at were eyes. That's the thing that threw it. I'm like, Halloween masks don't really have eyes usually. 
So if it was right. three row, like three rows away from him, close enough where he can make out the details of the face, and he was like open eyes, like it looked real enough, like he thought it was a person, like a man. He's like something's wrong with that guy. Gets around, just sees a head on a stick. Mm-mm. 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 No. I found another story while I was looking for a bunch of stories last night. Um, maybe this is a case we can cover further down the line because it was so freaky. And I don't think they've ever, they've for sure never solved it. I don't even know if they've identified this guy, but it was a man who was found, I think, in a lake. Um, this was like the, the 80s or the 90s, I think. And he was something like he had been mutilated in a way that was like extremely unnatural. They had taken out his eyeballs and I think cut the skin from his face. But the strangest part was that he had like surgical level holes, like in his abdomen, his arms and like his lower half of his body that had been cut into him. And his, his organs were like vacuumed out of him. Like so, like someone sucked organs out of his body. And eventually when they did an autopsy on him, I don't know if this was substantiated, but allegedly the report somehow was able to determine that this man had died of like a heart attack, like a fear and trauma induced heart attack, most likely while his organs were being sucked out of his body. Oh my God. They have no context for like, who could have done this? Who would have had the tools or precision to do something like that? Who the guy could have been? So odd. Sounds like a surgeon or... kind. Of, yeah, maybe think of Black Dahlia a little bit, like surgical level yeah. mutilation. I think his genitals were also burnt, like charred. Like something, he was tortured horrifically. The fact that there are humans that are fascinated with like torture and going to that level to like under, I don't know if it's like an understanding of the human body or like being fascinated by it, that they want to just like, like pick it apart and the psychological element of like messing with someone. But I always, I go back to that. (laughs) I think about girl, girl with a dragon tattoo. Have you ever seen? I've never seen the full thing. I've only seen clips. Oh, I don't want to spoil it, but there is a scene at the end that involves sort of like a potential like torture mutilation. And the guy goes on to talk about just like that he literally just gets a high from watching the light leave someone's eyes. And like then afterwards, like being able to like examine the bodies and like it's just the examination is what's disturbing. The examination, I can't. I mean, killers talk about that, the idea of, like, the feeling of somebody slipping away, like, in your hands mm-hmm. kind of thing. But that, to me, is separate from, like, the we- the afterplay with the body. Like, yeah. we should cover the Lucas Magnata case at one point because, like, that is so, so disturbing. And it kind of dabbles in that exact thing of, like, afterplay with the body. But he filmed it yeah. and put it on the internet. And a lot of people thought Ugh. it was a joke. Like, it's not a joke, but they thought it was like a prank, like a hoax. It was like a full snuff film that he publicly put out on the internet and then was on the run. But he remained with this body, like in his apartment on video, doing all kinds of horrific things with it and eventually started to 
eat it. God. Let's change to our last story. <laughs> that was, just took a dark ass turn on my watch. I'm sorry. I, I was, I know, I was literally going to bring up Ed Gein and I'm like, we can't go there. We can't go there. Oh my God. Well, we saw his, um, we saw like something from Ed Gein's at Zach Bagans, right? The cauldron. Yes, that's what, yeah, that's what made me think of it was the freaking cauldron where he just like turned the body upside down and like watched it basically just like not like I I always thought that was a little bit fascinating about him is that he didn't get the the rush watching them slip away. It was more just like pure mutilation fascination. Yeah. Well, he's a craftsman, you know, he's trying to be handy with what he's got. Right. He was was making fine, fine goods. Yeah. Crate and barrel. They're calling. <laughs> it's foul. Not crate and it's barrel. It's foul as shit. <laughs> I apologize. There goes that brand deal. <sighs> it's okay. Ashley Furniture will come knocking. Zing, zing. <laughs> so I have one more story for you and the creepers. Um, although I do feel like that first one kind of hit hard with you. So I hope that this will at least match it, if not top it. <clears throat> this one did take place. On Halloween night, but it was submitted anonymously, and it is a true story of what took place. Are you prepared? Okay, because we're pre-recording this, I know I'm going to be thinking about this all Halloween night, so I'm just mentally preparing myself. Well, you'll be around other people. This one is specific to someone who is alone on Halloween night, so any creepers, if you are alone, be warned. All right. This happened when I was home from college in 2018, and you could still probably find a news story on it today if I gave you the name of my hometown. It was Halloween night of that year, and my parents were both going to a costume party at their friend George's house, which was about a 25-minute drive from our town. So they'd both be gone for most of the night. I could tell that they felt bad kind of leaving me behind, but it was their night. And honestly, I had had a rough start to my semester that year. So I was chill to hang back and just pass out candy for the evening. I was sat in the living room, which was right by the front door that goes out to our driveway. And I just had the ABC Halloween marathon playing in the background while I'd wait at the door for the bell to ring or a knock roughly every 10 minutes or so. And then I would just pass out candy from a mixed bowl of Reese's and Kit Kats that my parents had put together and left for me to give out. It was a pretty normal and relaxed night. The house stops kind of started to taper down and they stopped around 9pm or so since it was mostly little kids who were out with their parents and lived nearby. So by 9.30, I had shut the porch light out so that I could do the dishes before bed so nobody else would have a chance to ring our bell. I'd flip it back on before I went upstairs to go to sleep that night, so whenever my parents came home, they would have enough light so they could put their key into the door. So it rolled around to 9.45. I was in my kitchen, which overlooks the backyard through the center window, and I was washing up the last of the dishes, when something in my line of vision got me to look up. At first, I kind of thought my eyes were playing tricks on me, and that maybe I had caught my own reflection sort of moving across the window, but I refocused and thought I saw something further out. I leaned into the window, since it was really hard to see into the dark of the backyard, and there was so much light coming from our kitchen, and I cupped my hands over the glass, and that was when I saw it, something that still chills me to the bone. 
It was the outline of a tall person standing at a distance in my backyard in the black of the night. No. Now, logically, I figured that this might be a teenager. Certainly looked like thin and gangly enough that it was probably just someone doing some dumb shit on Halloween night and just being an ass and crossing through my yard. But something about it felt off right away. They didn't seem to have anyone else near them, like friends right beside them as if they were cutting through. But even stranger, they weren't really crossing at all, or moving for that matter. They were positioned completely still, with their arms at their side, standing between the tall bushes that separate our yard from the neighbor's yard, just standing straight, facing towards my house. My heart started racing as my eyes adjusted further, and I tried to make out the details of their face through the dark. It almost looked like for a second they were maybe wearing a mask, since their face looked kind of contorted from a distance. But then I got a deep, horrible feeling as I realized it wasn't a mask. That was their face, and their mouth was completely open. Just a massive, wide-open mouth, staring straight at you, like intentionally stretching their mouth open as wide as they possibly could. Even if this was a joke, it was a sick and weird one, and that person looked absolutely deranged. I'm kind of easily scared as a person with stuff like this, and I had already been on edge from a night of being home alone and watching the hell out of every scary movie on TV, so I decided to grab my phone from the counter and call 911 to at least report somebody trespassing in my backyard. At least if it was a joke, albeit a creepy one, if a cruiser showed up, they'd probably scare them off for the night and they would just leave the house alone. While it rang, I quickly went back to the window to look at the person and grab any descriptors that I could feed to the operator over the phone. But to my horror, they were now gone from the place they were just standing. For a moment, I was kind of relieved because I thought the joke was over and they had gotten lost after trying to mess with me until I heard a sound that changed everything. We have a halfway room on the first floor that connects from the living room out to the garage. It's kind of hard to describe this, and you would only know the sound if you lived in my house, but I heard the noise of the inside door of the garage open, and it opened very loud. Someone was coming into the house. I knew immediately that absolutely could not have been my parents coming home because they never parked in the garage. We just used it for storage. No one opens that door, when they first come into the house, unless they were already in the house and went to the garage, which meant that it was somebody coming through the window of the garage. It took virtually seconds before I ran upstairs to my parents' bedroom and I locked myself in there. It was the safest place I could think of since I knew this part of the upstairs was an easy place to get out from the window to the roof if I needed to. I looked around for something to grab as I explained in a whisper over the phone to the operator that someone was breaking into the house. And for just a few moments, I did hear noises, but they were all coming from the downstairs living room area, and they never seemed to make their way to the staircase to come up. It wasn't long before I could hear sirens getting closer to the house from the outside, and I knew that must have freaked out the person who was downstairs, because I heard something crash and break and then I heard running footsteps on the wood floors downstairs. I felt safe to come out once I heard police at the outside of my front door, and I made my way down the stairs to the other front door, which was under the arched frame of our colonial and right at the foot of the stairs. They rushed inside while I waited outside with another officer, and they searched the whole house, even the basement, and yes, the garage. 
what was clear is that someone did come in, but they didn't stay long. Police found a broken window in the garage, and the back door to the porch was left open, meaning they for sure ran once they heard those sirens, and they left through the backyard. The breaking I heard was a whole group of family pictures that were set on the table in our foyer, and it looked like someone had kind of just sideswiped the whole thing because there was glass everywhere and they were all over the floor. But the creepiest part, outside of that open-mouthed face that I still can't get out of my head, was that the one thing they did take was a random framed family picture of me and my parents. To this day, we have no idea why or who that could have been. It was the most terrifying Halloween night I think I'll ever have. The open mouth goodbye. I can't. I was literally trying to. <laughs> I was trying to imagine it, and I was just like, "What?" It's like, so unnatural. The, also, the so unnatural, and the moment that you're seeing something odd and like going up to a window to see it closer, because I know I've done that in the past. To be like, wait. Am I seeing somebody outside right now? And you yeah, get yeah, like when the like, lights okay, are on in the room and the outside is dark, and you're like, I yes. can't really tell like what's going on out there. And then to see open mouth, like unnaturally person. stretched open, unnatural. I would piss isn't strong enough a word. Can I tell you something though that I did do to Mel, my sister? <laughs> this is really messed yes. up. This wasn't even Halloween, but she was washing the dishes one night in our kitchen and it was like the same premise as this really um we had like an uh her bedroom or i guess it was my bedroom at the time was on the downstairs there's a back door that goes out to our backyard so while she was washing the dishes it was super late i went outside and went up to the 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 window like as close as i could and i just like smile like held my face at a smile but it was so hard that my face was like getting beat red I will never forget because like it was so long I was I was there waiting for her to look up when she finally did look up and she saw me that was true fear that I saw in her face Uh, I bet (laughs) I could hear her gasp through the window but it was like (gasps) like it was like a a death rattle or something yeah it was no And by the time I came running inside laughing, she was paralyzed over the sink, tears streaming down. This is such mean, insidious, rotten, big brother energy. Older brother energy. (laughs) To scare your sibling to the point of, like, paralysis is so foul. (laughs) I feel like I also had a moment like that. I don't know if I was in full paralysis, but I remember my older brother at one point had he had some sort of like devil mask and it was Mm -mm. real looking like it was one of those like you know full-on like plastic pullover masks that i'm sure he got at like spencer's or something good and (laughs) good (laughs) nothing good comes out of that place let me tell you something it doesn't it does not (laughs) it just doesn't there's nothing in Spencer's that is worth <laughs> buying. <laughs> you tell me a time that you've gone into Spencer's and thought, 
Yeah, this is this is for the greater good <laughs> of humanity. I find I find great gifts in there for Scott. I buy him gifts all the every birthday. I buy him gifts for Spencer's. <laughs> I've sent him because he's, he's, he's a sick little human, he's a sick puppy, sick puppy baby. <laughs> <laughs> but I do remember him having this one devil mask, and he showed up. I actually think it was during the day. Like I don't think he Oof. tried to scare me at night. He just walked into my room with it on and I was just remember I knew it was him but it's just one of those moments where you're like how dare you your brain is computing a lot and you're like you just computing yeah, yeah. But you're you just reformed <laughs> it you just like made a scar on it from what you did poor Mel because listen baby you got them good choppers <laughs> but it was like those are bright white teeth. <laughs> Sue, if I could make the face for Scary. you of what I was... Okay, imagine you're, you're Mel. You're washing the dishes. I am like almost nose to the glass of the window and this is my face. Just like... like <laughs> I, I like, You look like it. I know! Like, <laughs> oh, and I was like... I asked her about it after. I was like, what, what was like your initial thought when you saw me? Like, did you know it was me? And she was like, no, I didn't. She was like, your face was so red you didn't look like a person and i was like oh, jesus <laughs> it's like the rosacea's the coming idea, out the idea of you holding it for that long just for the bit just for the scare is so endearing i had committed i i was like i have to get the scare i was like i've been sitting here like straining like bursting blood vessels in my neck and i guess my, yeah my face was just beat red and she was like you looked like a monster she said you look like a monster. <laughs> oh my god. Tyler's too. I can't scare thing. Tyler like that because he's like a flincher. So like if you jump out at him, he'll just like try to punch. Like he'll just freak out and start trying to punch. I feel like that's how Blake and John were. I was thinking about John recently because you told me that sleepwalking story about him. Do you remember that? Well, that was John, right? Of course. I was thinking uh-huh. about how scary that was. The idea that you were like, you okay? And he's like, what did he say? That it would happen. Mul- he said, uh, surprise. Get out. <sighs> surprise. <laughs> and I, <laughs> he said, surprise. And then the other time when we got him to calm down, he was like jumping on a bed. <gasps> fully, fully like out of it. Jumping on a bed, screaming, I am not a monster in the middle of the night. <laughs> Me as hell. <laughs> Me as shit. Yeah. <laughs> Thursday Honest night, honey. To God. There was another uh, Thursday night. There was another one too. And I, it was definitely a surprise. I am not a monster. And then I don't know. He definitely had other times where he would just, he would walk outside. Like, get outside the house. No. This is dangerous. Yes. Super dangerous. Yeah. And it was a very, like, specific time in his life. Yeah. Just, I guess, pure, kind of back to the first story, just, like, pure stress. I've... It does make you do weird things in the middle of the night. I guess it is. Yeah. I guess it really must be. I mean, I know people who have had sleepwalking experiences, and I know we've talked about this before, but somebody was explaining one to me where they... They were in like a state of almost like a lucid dream, but they were confusing their circumstances. Like they woke up and they convinced themselves they were in someone else's apartment. And they were like, and they they were like, oh my God, 
I sleptwalked into someone else's apartment. Like I'm on their couch and they were like, I have to get out of here. Like I, 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 like I'm breaking and entering, but in reality they were in their own apartment and like their brain was confusing things. So like, as they were like leaving their own apartment to go out to the hallway, they were like, Oh my, something stopped them. And they were like, Oh my God, wait, no. What if I'm wrong? What if this is my apartment? Cause if I close the door behind me, it automatically locks. I don't have my key. And they like went back into the apartment. They were like, this doesn't look like my apartment, like deep, deep levels of confusion, but you're like in the halfway point of like a dream and your actual physical space. That's scary. What's scary to me is thinking that our brains have the ability to do that, like without us being in control. What's that about? Yeah. Like I thought we were supposed to cooperate here. (laughs) What's the deal, sis? Have I ever told you my sleepwalking story? A guy that walked into my dorm in college. I don't think so. Your dorm? Your dorm room? He, there was a guy that walked in to my dorm. I think he had been sleepwalking. Walked in and my bed was like right next to the door. Jesus. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) My bed is right next to the door. I don't know why we must not have locked the door that night guy comes into the room i see the light come on like because my i'm a light sleeper i like feel the light come on start to slowly open my eyes this guy is getting into my bed (gasps) and i was like what are you doing what are you doing who are you and he came out of it and was like oh my god i'm so sorry and i was like "Uh, had i not (laughs) had i not been a semi-light sleep like sleeper and woken up and kind of been calm enough about it and like woken his ass up quickly i could have woken up and a damn guy was in my bed Uh, yeah i i was gonna say i'm a heavy sleeper and like i surely would have woken up cuddling that man (laughs) yeah i would never have woken up the first time he would have woke me up he would have woke me up the next morning he would have been like um excuse me (laughs) that's nuts quite literally it was crazy. Yeah. Oh, my God. Remember the story I told you on my road trip with Mel when housekeeping, I think it was housekeeping I learned later, like came into our, our room at like 7 a.m. <laughs> and I, I thought it was someone breaking they came in. came all the way in. Like I <laughs> woke up and I don't wake up very easily unless I, I hear like a noise that I know my brain is like, that's off. Something's wrong. And I woke up shirtless, no contacts or anything. And I heard somebody fiddling with our door. And I was like, they must have the wrong room or something. And then I heard the door open and it sounded like a man. My instinct was to pretend to go into dad mode. So I go, I like deepened my voice and I was like, Hey, I was like, get the (laughs) hell out of here. (laughs) And they come around. It's a literal 12 year old up in the back. It was like a, it was like a 71 year old housekeeper who was like, I'm sorry. And I was like, get the (laughs) fuck. I was so scared and I don't know how to fight. So I was like, it's got to make myself big and loud. Yeah, of course. Oh, it's so jarring to be woken up in the middle of the night like that. I was just thinking of the guy coming into your door. He walks in and you you just go, what are you doing? He goes, is there an unofficial non-equity list? Is there (laughs) something so hella out of pocket? And you're like, oh, yes, maybe there is right on the desk. (laughs) <laughs> or he comes in he just gets into bed with me and i'm like freshman just being like all right yeah, you're like oh <laughs> what will be will be okay 
That's warm. <laughs> Not that's warm. Happy Halloween. <laughs> Do you think they're spooked? Oh my God. Do you think they're freaked out by those stories? I certainly hope so. I, I mean, the first one, I, I would say the the first one definitely freaked me. That was the scariest the most, for you. I think that the Halloween one for sure is freaky. But that first one, the idea of like <sighs> somebody having been there for multiple weeks is just. It's too much. It's so wretched. It's I can't. I, it's too much. I still. Here's what. I'm unnerved by the Halloween one because of that open mouth. It's something about like an uncanny aspect of like a person doing something that's so unnatural. I also just to imagine the movie theater one was really disturbed by that. The idea of just a head on a stick being used as like a puppet to like look like peer over a seat and be like, I see you. I see Uh, you. Can we also back up to the movie theater one just for clarity? Yeah. Were you saying that when he walked around to look down the row, that there was a body like laying there propping up the head? He said he saw a guy laying flat on the floor holding a stick with a head on it. So, yeah. That. A guy. I'll tell you what's really scary about that is laying on the movie theater floor. I'm I'm telling you. Do you remember Remember when Fifty Shades of Grey came out and movie theaters had to patrol like chaperones in the theaters because they were finding soiled vegetables in movie theaters? That's so foul. That's worse than this movie theater story. Mm-mm. Do you know what's worse than any movie theater story is when your ass dragged me to go see it. Oh, that's that was great. That was one of my favorite times oh. because you were screaming. <laughs> screaming bloody murder. Truly. I still can't get that image out of my head of him doing that dance at the end. The like. <laughs> I remember the. the yeah, I know. It's like the weird like. Jo- I, what is it like a cotton eye joe sort of thing kind of like, yeah it's yeah it's like a weird oh, cotton eye joe like step but there was a part where i think it's like the projector scene where he pops out of the screen and he's like oh my god a hundred yes. times the size of the kids that was when you were like scream you screamed so loud people looked i remembered it. <laughs> they were like holy and then creepers the next day, we're walking down the street and we see a red balloon. We're gonna have to like, play that video. Make we up. have to play that video at some point. We for do them. need to play that video. Uh, oh, if you do, you still have that video? Of course, that's that's crazy that we saw that a red balloon that floating in the middle of the street after seeing it. I'm surprised we lived to tell the tale. Of course, I have. How that did video. we? Li- and remember, remember me being like, which one of you all did this? <laughs> <laughs> And the fact that it was just there. I, the the camera pans to you and you go, my heart is pounding. <laughs> <laughs> that was scary. I, I watched, um I've been watching a lot of like horror recently. I rewatched Rose Red for anybody who's a Stephen King fan. Rose Red is so good. Do you know that movie? No, I need to watch it. it. Okay, so it's not actually, sorry, it's not a movie. It. I thought it was a movie because I first saw it when I was growing up. And I guess I watched it on like HBO or something. But it's a really long TV series, like a mini series. And to give you like a two sentence like top line of what it's about, there is this house that is like infamously haunted called Rose Red because it's believed that it's still building itself. Like people find rooms in there 
that aren't in the original blueprint of the home. And it seems to keep expanding. And there's a woman, a professor of like um, psychic phenomenon at a a college and they're going to take away her tenure and everything. And they're challenging her and saying she's like a, a fraud. So she's looking for proof. So she assembles a group of like the top mediums, the slackics in the country to go into Rose Red and it all goes down from there because the house like takes people. Slackics. That's slackics. That's freaking me out. It's reminding me of um, the museum. It's called the museum on O street here in DC. And it was basically, it was a huge mansion. I think you showed me this. Was I telling you about this? We saw it on that ghost tour. Didn't we? It's built with like rooms that don't make sense. Well, I don't know if it was on that ghost tour. She might have mentioned it because this was, that ghost tour was in Georgetown and this is in like downtown DC, but like very close by. So she probably mentioned it, but it's basically this uh, woman started building this house and believed that if she kept building on it, she would like kind of like live longer yes. and like started just like adding like all these away. that's like what rose red is based off of okay yeah okay. yeah okay because i realized that recently i thought i was like what an imagination that stephen king has which he does but i was it's based off of that yes. woman who like i think she met with a medium back in the olden days and the medium had fed her something that was like a demonic spirit is after you and yeah continuing to build onto the house will confuse the spirit in here so it can't get yeah. to you. So she was like doing her own sketches for the builders and stuff. She was like one of the wealthiest women in America at the time. So interesting. Oh, it's just like Winchester House. Yeah. It's so creepy. Winchester House. Yeah. Where she just kept building. Yeah. I, I think I'm actually conflating Winchester and the Museum on O. The Museum on O here has like 72 hidden doors and like rooms that go to nowhere and stuff. But it's not. I think I'm conflating. I know Winchester House was because she started to think that she would live forever if she kept building on the house forever. Mm-hmm. And this museum, I forget why they started to go a little nutty and start building all these little hidden things. Was this something with the lead paint? Some sort of like the lead paint while they were constructing it or something? Or maybe I, maybe something was poisoning them. I kind of loosely remember the story behind that, and they were like yeah. something was like doing something to their brain. I also uh, watched Castle Rock for the first time, which wait, did you end up watching Delicate the the finale? I I haven't watched the season finale. I need to watch. <laughs> I might do that tonight or on Halloween. It's fine. I mean, nothing like moves the plot any further because it's only half of the season because they had to stop shooting because of the SAG strike. But <laughs> that series is wild. Kim Kardashian is too much. I've been loving it. I really have been loving it. I feel like it's a nice resurgence for American Horror Story. It is. What was the last season that you watched? I like New York City. I like that one. At the last season I watched, I think was, I watched Hotel all the way through and then I watched Roanoke, like bits and pieces, but I think I stopped after Roanoke. Yeah. Was Roanoke good? I never watched that one. It was all right. Like there were a couple... I can think of a couple of episodes where like Sarah Paulson just like, you know, as she always does, lays it all out on the table and gives an amazing performance. But oh, yeah. She's for me, the, the storyline. Oh, my God. The storyline, like when I think about Murder House, mm-hmm. uh, that to me was just like such a perfect 
storyline and and easy enough to follow but just like each character was so so developed and I feel like some of them as you got like past hotel and some of them it felt like a little bit more like forced which obviously I mean to come up with what Ryan Murphy comes up with like year after year after year I'm shocked and amazed (laughs) but um yeah I've kind of felt like delicate was like the first time i the storytelling just felt really, really intense for me again. I agree. It feels very connected. And I feel like I'm still not at a place where I can tell who's behind what. Because at first I was like, mm-hmm. I won't spoil anything. But at first I'm like, oh, I think it's the husband. Or I think it's um the publicist. Like I have all these theories. Or I thought it was his mother. But then some like one scene will negate something where I'm like, oh, no, they're not involved because they don't know about this. Or like, oh, they're like having a, they have a relationship or like a family dynamic outside of her story which is about this baby at this pregnancy but yeah i i don't know i mean it feels like with american horror story a lot of the time ryan murphy is trying to fit in so many elements of what he loves about classic horror or about the macabre mm-hmm. or you know things throughout history he's trying to jam pack so much of it that it's a bit of like cart before the horse at times where it's like story sure. takes the back seat because it's like I just want element X, Y, and Z in this, and then we'll like fill in the dialogue a little bit later. But I appreciate and love the way he does put all of it together and that he gives a stage to all of this. I do too. And also his like campy comedic elements, I think woven into yeah. it are so good. It's 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 really great. I'm someone who really likes true classic horror i like my i don't like to mix my horror with comedy very often but i do appreciate the Mm, nods mm -hmm. i appreciate it it's too much i i guess what it is i appreciate like the moments where he doesn't take himself like so seriously Mm -hmm. like because it is ridiculous for like kim kardashian to be (laughs) you know playing this like super intense publicist so i do love some of the lines that are thrown in there to be just like so over the top like you know he wrote them i know knowing how they'd land i just think he's a genius i think he's so brilliant he really is that must be fun to be on his writing staff to work for like ryan murphy's company because like it's limitless you can just write about you can write anything nothing is off the table and then you can write Dahmer and just fully not sleep for however long it took them to write that such a wild time well Stu that is all I got for you for these scary stories I hope that you are thoroughly spooked I hope this is not going to disrupt your sleep tonight and I hope the creepers are messed the fuck up from those stories I hope so too (laughs) creepers oh my god you'll have to let us know how it goes if you do listen to this on Halloween please do I can just imagine that somebody listening alone in their living room and just jaw on the floor but as they they're answering the door passing out candy you just hear in the background where we're talking about foulness we're like we hope you're messed the hell up bitch (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i hope they have such a great halloween night creepers i hope that you stay safe when you listen to this on behalf of Stu and i we absolutely love and adore you and we hope that this was a very very nice and fun halloween special Happy Halloween, Creepers. Happy Halloween. Bye, guys. Bye.